Tu Bishvat, of course we have Tu Bishvat, we know is the uh, special day, it's uh, Rosh Hashanah for the trees, but this is in the Hasidic Yemei Chabad, the history of Chabad, in the year of Tofrej Yud Beis, that's 612, it's February 5th, 1852. Uh, so this was the day that the great genius Chosid, Reb Nechemya, of Dubrovna, Reb Nechemya of Dubrovna, who was the son-in-law of Reb Chaim Avroham, who was the son of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe had three sons, okay? And then uh, the Mittler Rebbe and Reb Chaim Avroham and Reb Moshe. So this Reb Chaim Avroham, his son-in-law, was the great Chosid Reb Nechemya ben Dubrovna. He passed away uh, on... Uh, um, and actually, uh, that, that he, and he was born, he tells it just also, he passed away, this was in 612, but he, he was born on the 15th of Shabbat in Tovkuv Memches. It's interesting, he passed away and he was born on this very same day. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That, like Moshe. Like Moshe, like the middle Rebbe. Yeah, this was like, um, only, um, only very few have that very special privilege. Uh, it says here that he was born in the year Tov Kuf Mem Ches, and then he passed away in the year Tov Rishud Beis, both on the 15th day of Shabbat. He authored a book. There's a book called Divrei Nechemia, and it was his second marriage that he became the son-in-law uh, of Reb Chaim of Rome, the Alta Rebbe's son. That was his second marriage for him. Uh, he was a student of the Alter Rebbe, and he was also one of the great Hasidim of the Middle Rebbe. He was a unbelievable genius, uh, and notwithstanding his great scholarly level, he never earned his livelihood from being a rabbi. Uh, he actually had a um, a, 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 a company would they would manufacture taluses they would make their taluses that was his source of his livelihood before the Mittler Rebbe became Rebbe uh, he would learn as a as a chavrusa uh, as a uh, as a friend together study together a study partner together with the Tzemach Tzedek but uh, after the Tzemach Tzedek became uh, Rebbe, Reb Nechemia did not go to the Tzemach Tzedek. Um, it was, uh, we have to realize, it was very difficult for some of these great Hasidim, who were great geniuses and, and, and scholars, it was very hard for them to transition from one Rebbe to another Rebbe. They sort of were totally dedicated and they were so totally attached to a certain Rebbe and with the passing from that Rebbe it wasn't easy to just go and switch to another Rebbe and especially when the other person was a young man and perhaps he was a study partner of theirs and then all of a sudden from a study partner the other one becomes the Rebbe and you are just a Chosid so he did not um, he did not go to the Tzemach Tzedek but it is related that during one of the nights he had a dream that uh, the Alter Rebbe came to him and says, how come you have no Rebbe? He asked Reb Nechemia, how come he has no Rebbe? Who should I take for a Rebbe? Reb Nechemia asked the Alter Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe answered him, Menachem, 
Menachem will comfort us in the present and in the future. That would be a reference to the Tzamach Tzedek, whose name was Menachem Mendel. Immediately, Reb Nechemyeh traveled to the Tzamach Tzedek and he became connected to him like a chosid to a Rebbe. The Tzamach Tzedek said about Reb Nechemyeh that he has the power to come up with new insights, new novelties in the Torah. Besides his book, Divrei Nechemya, he also has written footnotes on the uh, code of law of the Alter Rebbe, the Shulchanor of the Alter Rebbe. And also he wrote uh, to fill in some sections that are, uh, in, that are um, uh, missing or to complete in the Alter Rebbe's uh, Shulchan Aruch, they are printed there as additions, addendums to the Shulchan Aruch. On the night before he passed away, he was sitting the entire night and he was writing responses to questions that he were that were sent to him. In the morning, he listened to Baruch Hu, he listened to Kedusha, and when he finished davening, he all of a sudden he passed away. And uh, as mentioned, he was born on the fifteenth of Shvat in Tov Kuf Mem Ches. And the Rebbe once said that on Tubish in, in, in Afabrengen, our Rebbe said in Tov Shimon Beis, he said that Tubish Shvat is both the birthday and the passing of Reb Nechemi of Dubrovna, who was from the great students of the Alta Rebbe. And based on this statement of our sages that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem fills the years of the Tzaddikim from day to day, we can understand the great elevation in this matter that in a revealed and in a physical way you can find that his days were actually filled um, something which we only find by very select individuals that they passed away and they were born on the exact same day uh, and in addition to that it's connected to Tu Bishvat which is the Rosh Hashanah for the trees and we know the verse says, Adam asoda, man is like a tree in the field. So all these represent something very magnificent during his lifetime and his uh, level of this Rebnechem of Durbrovna. Now, another thing in Tubishvat in the year Tofrej Chof, that's in uh, 620, in it's February 8, 1860. Uh, that was the day that they began to write the Torah, the writings of the Torah, before the birth of the Rebbe Rashab, which was born in the following year. And we learned already earlier, we, we went through that uh, there was a dream that his um, mother, the Rebetzin Rivka, had a dream, the wife of the Rebbe Rashab. Uh, on the 14th of Kislev in Tofresh Chof. And 14th day of Kislev is, happens to be later on the marriage of the Rebbe, got married on that day. But on that day in the year Tofresh Chof, that she had the dream that her her mother, the Rebbe Tzinshena, the wife of the Mittler Rebbe, and her, uh, grand, and her grandfather, uh, the uh, Mittler Rebbe, instructed her to write a Sefer Torah, and they said that she will have a good son. And when the Tzamach Tzedek heard about this dream, so he heard about this dream of his daughter-in-law that she dreamt, so he instructed his son, 
the Rebbe Marash that he should do the Cholam. When before, he says, why didn't you tell me about the dream? And we, we, we learned it earlier. So the Rebbe Marash wanted that the Sefer Torah should be written on special parchment that are done from skin of shechted and kosher animals. And it wasn't easy to find that kind of a parchment. So till they were able to find it, it took several weeks. So that's why uh, from the time it took till Tu Bishvat, after they were able to get the parchment that Samach Tzedek instructed that the beginning of the writing of the Sefer Torah should be done in a very quiet way in his room in the 15th day of Shabbat. Only his sons were there at the time that he started doing it. And the Sefer Torah was also done in a quiet way on the 13th day of Shabbat in the Tafresh Chavalev in the room that Samach Tzedek. As we learned earlier, uh, that all these things were done in a quiet way. The Rebbe said that things that were done quietly lasted. We also find that uh, the bris of the Rebbe Rashab was also done in a quiet way. Couldn't be done in time. It was done late. And he also said that it should all be done in a quiet way. The other in, another thing, this is in the year already Tovshin. Tovshvat in the year Tovshin. It's January 25th in 1940. That was actually the day that the uh, Rav HaGon Rav HaChosid, the great genius and Chosid, the Rebbe Levi Yitzchok Schneerson, the father of the Rebbe, was freed from prison and he was sent to exile uh, in Chiali. He was sent away to, uh, uh, with the, uh, for years in, 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 in exile. Uh, it took a month for Rebbe Levi Yitzchok to uh, make this journey. Uh, he went in a carriage in which they carried people that were inmates. He went with a uh, wagon of inmates from the prison in Yekaterinoslav until the train came to the last stop, which was in the city of Alma Ata, which is in Kazakhstan. The trip was a very, very uh, difficult, an impossible difficult trip. It was squished the inhumane conditions that were in those uh, wagons, in the uh, trains, were, did not really uh, affect him. The, what bothered him most was there was a lack of water to wash his hands for Natila Sidaim. Of uh, the morning, for eleven days there was no water at all. Also, water for drinking was given just uh, a little bit, very little. It did not suffice even to satisfy their thirst. Uh, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok, who, notwithstanding in this difficult situation, never uh, forgo even a very a small halacha. He followed halacha one hundred percent. He forewent, he didn't use the water for drinking that he received, and he used it only for washing his hands. So he didn't even have water for drinking at all. On the 15th day of Shabbat, this uh, trip, uh, difficult trip, ended. When the train came to the, at the end of the Sir Alamata, which is the capital of Kazakhstan, after 10 months of fear and uh, problems in the prisons where he spent in the prisons in Yekaterinoslav. In those days, what they tried to, they tried to, 
take away the human dignity. They used to degrade the people so that they lose their human image of themselves. So the, for the first time, the Rebbe felt himself as a human being. He's no longer in, that, uh, in, in there over there. Uh, he was going by himself without having a guard, you know, shadowing him. He was on his own. The freedom that they allowed for the prisoners when they came to Al-Mata was very limited. As soon as they came there, the uh, prisoners were sent groups, groups to far, far places in Kazakhstan and to uh, distant areas in Kazakhstan. Over there, they were needed to spend years uh, several years in exile, not, not just in the main city, they were supposed to be somewhere. Uh, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak was sent to the furthest place, that was called Chi'ili. And we'll see later on about uh, the, the 19th of Shvat, we'll see about the, his experience over there in this Chi'ili. This was like a, an impossible life over there. There's the description of the Rebbe's and she came to be with him eventually and she tried to ease his 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 pain and his difficulties to the best she she could. She created ink for him. She created she brought him some books. She she made parchment. She made paper, and she learned how to do the various different things. And she helped him out in all ways possible. And this was the uh, unfortunate, um, um, I guess, lot of some of these great great tzaddikim, and they hadn't done they, anything wrong all their whole life was dedicated to doing good for people and helping people and uh, and then um, and a lot of times we don't understand uh, why these people suffered like that uh, why would people who um, were dedicated and uh, devoted and uh, only doing good and why why did they end up suffering so much why were they put in these the situations I understand, the but why did Hashem allow that? Yeah, yeah. The government was against religion. Yeah, so I understand. Yeah, that was that was that was that, and then. But this it, is an age-old question that right. we've been the, the asking. Holocaust, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is all because of control. But this goes back even oh, yeah. goes back even to uh, the time of you know the Asara Rugamalchus. We had the ten of the most profound scholars of Jewish. Uh, history who were the basis of the oral Torah and they were brutally murdered under the uh, government for, for really total no reasons and there was, uh, we read it in the uh, Yom Kippur prayer we see that they were they were saying, is this the Torah? Is this the reward, what you get for the Torah? And right. Hashem said this is Other religions too had the same problem this is not but, unique, uh, It is not a unique situation in the history of the world. The history of the world. But the, yeah. the, um, the point over here is that we, we believe that uh, we don't know and we Why? don't understand. We can't understand the secrets of creation. And, uh, you know, we try to study and learn and to understand what we can. But at the end of the day, we don't understand God's plans and why God does certain it, things. We don't know. We don't understand. Good people. We don't understand. And you've seen your share of being a doctor. You've seen your share of suffering. And people, you know, sometimes you see children, innocent children are suffering. And then you, you, you wonder why. But we don't know God's plans. And we all we can do is accept it and try to move on and, and be strong in our faith and continue doing well, what we're like supposed to do. Levi Yitzhak, now if he was in 
the western part of Russia at that time, he would have been sent to the, sent to the camp and would have been gassed. So in a way, God saved him and brought him east. And he got away from it because they, they were totally invaded that part of the uh, Soviet Union. Another, another interesting thing that you're saying, just, just, just by the way, I read and I, that uh, he had uh, a sickness, Reb Levi Yitzchok. Uh, he had the Yanamachla, he had cancer, he had and um, he was—he died. He wasn't that old when he passed away. He was in his sixties. And um, when he went back to, when he was freed from Chiali, and he went back, and finally he was—he was allowed to go back. And his then the sickness came in, and he passed away very quickly. While he was suffering, it didn't—it didn't. It was remission. It was a remission. And when he went back, so you, who knows? I mean, in what way? You know, sometimes those situations. But who knows what? But it was God's plan, and that's right. it. And we have to accept it, and that's right. that's just the end we can do. Right.